Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. Edward Jones Financial Advisors Todd Nash in Coralville, Travis Whitmore in North Liberty, and Jeff Rudolph, Kelly Barta, Adela Hunter, and Scott McGill in Iowa City understand this. For all of your investment needs, visit edwardjones.com or call and stop by an office. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Welcome to the Seven Nation podcast here on uh, yourprepsports.com. That's what I'm uh, representing today. It depends on the day and the podcast, so sometimes it takes me a second or two to realize uh, what I'm doing, but I should be able to tell from the background of this Zoom meeting with Ryan Merkin from Your Prep Sports. Ryan, uh, it just feels like things are coming fast and furiously. Uh, in high school athletics right now it just seems like there's just a ton of I, I look at your feed and there's just like coverage like in-person coverage and, and a bunch of roundups every day yeah well it feels like we skipped to summer didn't we yeah the last two days Rob's been out doing stuff for us and it was actually nice out yesterday Rob after it kind of clouded up it was super nice it was almost too hot for me but yeah, now, it was once, a little, little windy out. At, we'll get to this, but it was a little windy out. At, <laughs> <laughs> I got back to my car and thought, man, these kids probably think that I'm some nut job with the way my hair was windblown. But um, they, they, they treated me nice, so I appreciate that. Um, it's, you get to Drake Relays in kind of the end of April, and then it's just, May is just – it's it's on now, Rob. I mean, it's just and we're not even quite quite there yet. But it's like we have a couple uh, a couple weekends where people kind of gather themselves a little bit just on Saturday. I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff going on. You know, all the sports are still going. Everything's fully going now. Where you know, in the beginning, some of the golf teams are playing a little bit sporadically as the courses you know kind of come together. Um, although they look nice, you know, pretty early this year, but. Uh, now it's just, you know, there's golf teams playing multiple times a week. You've got soccer kind of falling into its schedule, you know, when when teams play conference days and et cetera, et cetera, and track. But now, I mean, starting next Thursday, not not tomorrow, not the 29th, starting the Thursday after that, we're into that, you know, conference track, district track, state track is is, you know, less than a month away. Postseason tennis assignments came out yesterday. Uh, so, and we'll talk more about that, you know, in the future, um, podcast, but postseason tennis isn't far away. Uh, you know, both team and individual, you know, the boys state tournament is, is the end of the month. Um, so, and then, yeah, and then it won't be long, Rob, before we're postseason soccer. I mean, we, we probably have about three weeks, four weeks till, till postseason soccer. So it's, it's about to get, it's already, it's at like a seven maybe a six of seven of, of chaos right now. And it's about to crank up to a nine or 10 really quick. Yeah. We've gotten out to see some soccer here in the last, uh, since the last time we did the pod, Ryan, we uh, did the city West girls were Thursday city West boys on Friday. And then Solon girls last night, Tuesday, April the 27th against Makokota. So got a chance to see some, some local soccer and, uh, it's nice to be able to get out there and get a look at these teams that, uh, you know, we're seeing scores and things like that as we talked right. about uh, on a rapid rate. But, but to get out and see kind of where, again, because we've, we've mentioned it, you know, numerous times, these kids haven't competed like this in two years. Right. So it's, it's kind of cool to see, um, you know, how far they're coming along and the development. I, I mean, especially the City West stuff last week, I thought those kids played at a high level. Oh, uh, that – that was both those games were was both of those games were fantastic. I mean, fantastic soccer, Rob. Um, and you know, 
the girls match, we talked about it, you know, before I, before I just started straight panicking because I realized that I didn't know what days the match was, the matches were on. <laughs> um, you know, we talked as, as you kind of asked me what I thought and that city group, the, the city West girls match was exactly what I think of, you know, when I think of the, those two teams playing in, in boys or girls, it was really good. It was really high level, you know, all over the field, both teams had chances, you know, like, you know, really solid scoring up opportunities, good individual plays. Um, I think, you know, through 40 minutes, City High was a little sharper. West, you know, you know, I talked to Dave Rosenthal about this after the game. West made some good adjustments, changed some things. Um, he said, which I thought was interesting, that this is the one of the best teams in, he's had in 27 years of coaching as far as, um, you know, taking coaching and making adjustments and stuff. So uh, he was really – Please, but they came out and, and kind of pushed the pushed the tempo in the first ten minutes of the first half. City High had some good chances late, and West, you know, convert. West was the team that converted, got a goal, a really nice goal by Mina Tate, and like the, with like ten minutes left to win it, Rob. But I mean that that score could have flipped, you know, that could have been a, a one zero one goal game the other way. So really high level soccer. I was impressed by both teams, and the girls' union came out with rankings like that day for yeah. the first time or or maybe the day before that but and i remember writing this in my story i i'm not i'm seriously not like we didn't play last year so you're going back to two years ago to try to figure right. out how teams are i don't cover pleasant valley i watched that city pleasant valley match and city was didn't have a couple key players and i'm like man this is really good high level soccer and then the rankings come out and pleasant valley's number one <laughs> you know and so i was on to something that with that and I'm on to something, I think, with the you know, city's lost, you know, 2-1-0 matches to what I think are going to be, you know, really tough outs at the end of the season. Obviously, you know, the union has Pleasant Valley number one in the state, but uh, West, too. West is West is good. You know, they they had a tough one at Linmar, who's exceptionally good, and a tough one against Waukee, who's exceptionally good. But they're going to be right in there with most people, and I think City High is, too, Rob. So that was good. And then the boys' match was just – that's always so fun. I mean, that's two teams that just really get after it. Um, West got a couple goals early and ended up winning that three, one, but man, city high came out after halftime, got a quick goal within three minutes and then really pushed the, I mean, just pushed up and really had some good opportunities to get that thing even um, in the first 20 minutes of the second half. So again, it ends up three, one um, with a couple goals in the first 20 minutes, a goal, in, a goal in the seventh, seventh minute and a goal right around uh, the midway point of the first half and then and then a late goal uh, by Colby Godbolt which is a really smooth goal he's he's very very good but you know that was right kind of the way I, it, it ends up 3-1 Rob but that had a lot more of a vibe of a of a one uh, one goal game as well and, and probably could have been even I mean West was probably the better team that night but that was by no means one of those games that you walk away from feeling like it you know wasn't competitive super competitive so that was a fun two nights. Normally it's one night, but that was a fun two nights last week to, to watch those matches. Yeah, and those, the, the boys game, those two early goals kind of set the tone for that game. I thought City kind of relaxed after that and, and, and played fairly even from that point forward. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like we said, you know, these teams are just kind of getting back into a rhythm after having right. last year off. So, Kind of see how these teams develop as the rest of the season goes on. There's plenty of time left. Um, not to make a direct comparison, but look at what the Iowa women's soccer team is doing. They were two eight and one during the regular season, and they won their first NCAA. They won the Big Ten tournament and their first NCAA tournament yesterday. Same situation. Yeah. Young team hadn't played in a year. I, I think we're going to. Well, that's not going to be common, but we're going to see things like that this spring. Yeah. A hundred percent. What a great story that is. Also, Solon graduate right. Josie Durr, one of the you know, most electric soccer players I've ever seen in my life, is a big part of that team. But what an, that's such an incredible story, Rob. But again, in a sport like soccer, we've talked about it on the pod. Me and you have talked about it. I've talked about it with coaches, where so much of it is chemistry and connection, and one kid being a step or two faster than another kid can make a big difference to somebody else with how you, you know, how they play or things like that. It, it's just, you know, it's a game of inches as 
people say about all sports, but you know, it really is it's just timing and everything. It's going to take some time. I, you mentioned we were out at Stolen last night. Um, it was actually funny. I had one of those conversations that I've had a few of these with uh, Stolen coach um, Amanda Paulson, where it was kind of like, do I, man, it's been, do I, have we met? Cause she was, she's real, you know, she's in her first couple of years of doing this. She's not new this year, but it's like, I can't remember. We take last year off. I, I know I haven't seen you in a long time. If we, so it was just kind of like, Hey, and she knew who I was. And so we had a, just kind of a good, a good conversation about, um, you know, it stunk that we couldn't play soccer last year and, and be out and, and compete. But um, we, I was talking to her, Rob, they have, they have six upperclassmen. So they have six jun- combined six juniors and seniors. And so half your, you know, 75% of your roster is kids that have never played a high school match. And then like she said, three of those kids or four of those kids played as underclassmen. So, I mean, they're basically putting, they, they've not even been close to having this group that had played together. You know, you know what I mean? Like this group that had been on the field together ever before. Most of those kids that got uh, varsity experiences underclassmen, it wasn't together not even all together, but it wasn't, you weren't playing center back next to anybody. If you were playing center back, you weren't playing, you know, next to anybody that's out there now. If you were playing midfield, you weren't playing with anybody that's out there now. So it's kind of taken them t- them some time just to get used to all the people on your team and the cohesion and all that stuff. So I think we're going to see a lot of that with a lot of these soccer teams is just looking looking different as the season goes on. And just like we've talked about with other things, if you do have some experience, if you do have some kids that had the opportunity to play early, you're probably in a better spot right now than, than a lot of other teams. So I think we're starting to see some of that take shape as we look at scores and, and actually get out and watch matches too. Yeah, you could almost see that last night um, early in that Solon match where that you could see that they had the right idea and <laughs> were, you know, but just weren't connected. And then right. as the game went on, you could see them kind of – and that's probably what the season's been. That was probably a microcosm of the season where they're, they're looking to do the right thing and make the right pass and the right play, but just maybe a little st- – a step off here, a step off there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so th- this will be a next uh, interesting next month as these teams – you know, as these players, as you said, get used to playing with each other a little bit more. Yeah, and then it's – you said it well, that match last night, a lot of opportunities created, not a lot of opportunities finished. Well, it's like, you know, if you've played together a little bit more and they have some injuries also, which a lot of teams do, you know, and so then it's like you're changing things around, even tweaking things maybe a little bit from where you were at a week ago or two weeks ago. So it's just going to be a process um, even more so than it, all, than it already is for, for a lot of teams. And, and then you're playing anywhere between you know, 15 and 17 matches in like 10 weeks. So it kind of becomes a little bit of a sprint at this point too, uh, while you're still trying to figure things out. So, but I, I say that, you know, five of our seven boys teams are in the top or are ranked this week. You know, four of them are in the top six in their class. Um, so just as we talked about at the start of the year, Rob, we have incredible soccer, um, city and West girls, clear Creek, Amanda girls, Regina girls. Um, I'm anticipating all being ranked again this week when the girls rankings come out. Um, I, I should mention, I know I mentioned it last week because Matt Harding got you know, his career, one, 100th win of his career. And as we were talking about soccer yesterday, Rob, you, you mentioned again how impressed you were by Clear Creek. They, they're just having a really special season. It's been really fun to kind of follow along with that. Um, we saw them a couple weeks ago in person, and we were both really impressed by the, the team that they had. But they beat Regina on Monday. Um, three to two and anytime that you beat a Regina soccer team boys or girls like you should really be you should really be proud because they are I mean and this is a compliment to Regina I mean they are kind one of the you know standard bearers on this side of the state in all classes I mean they are that good every year um you know Rick and Ann LaRue do such a fantastic job with their boys and girls programs they're just that good so you know Clear Creek has got them a couple times in a row but uh, those two have played a lot, and I know Regina's won a lot of those. So they beat them in a really good match on Monday. Come back last night, Tuesday night, get behind 3-0 to zero to Independence and, and come back and win that in overtime um, per my official CCA uh, 
girls soccer historian, sports information director, Coach Harding. That's the first time they've ever come back from from down 3-0. And I was thinking about that. I don't know if I have ever seen a team at any level of soccer that I've covered come down from come back from two goals to, to win. Maybe I've seen them, you know, pull even, but my memory's not perfect. But that's pretty impressive. They're uh eight no Rob ranked eighth in two A. So you know, we weren't at those matches. We had we had the information up on the site, so you could read a little bit about them. But I just thought, I mean, that was worthy of a worthy of a shot. They're they're just and, and like I said, we have a lot of teams playing really well, but um, pretty cool season they've had so far. Doing a lot of cool things that 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 program hasn't done before. So they're going to be fun to watch here as we get into the postseason. Just like a lot of these teams are, they're going to set themselves up with what they're doing now by staying undefeated to give themselves a you know hopefully a really nice draw. Uh, with an opportunity to get to the state tournament. For sure. Um, a lot of good soccer in the area, good golf in the area, Ryan. We got, uh, like I said, I was out at uh, Finkbein on Monday, uh, wind, wind blown, uh, <laughs> but really beautiful day, beautiful weather, and a, and a cool event. This is a new event uh, called the Clash for the Club with the four Iowa City uh, schools, the three public schools in Regina. And uh, it's, that's a cool event. I mean, we don't have a lot of things like that where all four of the Iowa City schools are included uh, right. in, in an event. So uh, Liberty wins that uh, pretty, pretty comfortably. Bella Pedersen was the, uh, the medalist, and uh, her teammate was the, was the uh, Neil runner. Neil Morris. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and I, I walked uh, – I walked with the – I saw a little bit of the second group out on the course, but walked mostly with the first group and uh, was impressed. I know I would, I would have been all <laughs> over the place in that win, uh, but it was uh, – looked like, you know, I saw a lot of the kids, you know, hanging out and talking. With, you could tell they knew each other and may, may have even right. played together before, so it was really just kind of a neat event. Yeah, and I, I mean – I think you said it really well, Rob, that we don't, there's not a lot of things like that. Like as soon as I heard about it, I saw it on the schedule when I typed in my schedule, which may or may not be correct as we discussed last week, probably needs to be updated, but I saw it on there and I was like, Oh, okay. And I, and you know, I highlight stuff or I, you know, tab stuff. And I was like, this would be a good, this is, you know, but on there, it doesn't say what it is exactly. I just noticed it was on every team's schedule. And then as the coaches reached out to me and kind of let, let me know what they were doing. As soon as I heard about it, I'm like, this is a really cool thing. It's just, we don't have, we don't have a lot of stuff like this, um, you know, in, in the sports like golf and, and whatever. I mean, you know, tennis, I guess, you know, they've got that, and that's coming up tomorrow, but uh, this year city High's playing almost all their tennis, I think at, at HTRC or a bulk of it because of their construction, their tennis courts. But, you know, they've been doing that for a while where the boys and girls from City, when City and West play each other, they play together at HTRC. So it's kind of a little celebration of tennis, you know. Uh, and Liberty has a program now, obviously, for a long time. Those were the only tennis programs in town. You could go over there and watch some really good tennis, um, which that's tomorrow at four. It, but, you know, just kind of these celebrations of the sport a little bit and the kids in the area that are involved in the sport. And that's, that was kind of the first thing I thought of, Rob, is what a cool way – you know, these are tight-knit uh, communities usually. You know, it's communities, you know, kind of like wrestling. Like, if you're, if you're going to golf, um, you know, as, through high school, you're going to know a lot of the other kids. You're going to play in the same stuff when you're not in high school, and you're going to know a lot of the other kids that golf. Um, sports like this, tennis, that you usually know all the competitors really well. And it's, and it's great. Like you, like you mentioned watching, I always love this about tennis, even up at the state meet it's just really good, pure competition where guys, you know, lay it on the line and they might, they might bark a little bit sometimes on a line call or whatever, but at the end you always see them afterwards and they're talking about it because they know each other and they've played a bunch. And it's kind of the same way with golf. I think a lot, you know, that's when you're paired with three other kids, you're going to spend six hours with them or five hours with them or whatever, you know, being around them a decent amount. So it's kind of unique to other sports, but yeah, what a cool, what a cool event. You've got all you know, Regina in there as well, um, you know, with the, with the big Iowa City schools with Liberty and West and City. And it'll be interesting to follow that kind of as, and you know this, in golf, like how, how quickly um, that sport can change. You get somebody in that's a really good player and it mm -hmm. changes your team up a lot. 
Um, Liberty's got a nice a nice team this year. You mentioned those top two at the top, but they've got pretty you know four or five pretty solid golfers. And in West has a good tradition of girls golf. Um, City as well. So they've they've both had some really solid players since I've been here in you know, the seven or eight years, and, and Regina as well too. So um, it'll be fun to watch that, Rob, and, and hopefully that that's one of those things that kind of develops. And uh, they've got the traveling trophy for it, and maybe they can add some things to it each year to make it you know a unique experience. I know West kind of had it as their uh, senior day celebration um, on Monday, which is again really cool. It's kind of one of those things that each year, if you can kind of add something to it like that, where kids really look forward to it. I think that's it. And then, you know, if they could just get an 80 degree day every year, sunny, no cloud, not a cloud in the sky. I mean, that helps. We talked about that with Wes doing the track and field festival. Man, you do something like this for a first time and it's 43 and drizzly. Yeah. And Rob and I are on here. And we're like, I mean, it was fine, <laughs> I guess. I like the idea. But, you know, if Rob's freezing out there for two hours. He's not going to come in and talk it's just the way your mind works. Rob's not going to come in and talk about what a cool idea. He's gonna be, yeah, are you going to send me to this next year? What are we doing here? But yeah, you get good weather for something like that. And it's a really good concept. Um, I think it's awesome. I hope to see that on the schedule for a long time, Rob. I think that's a really cool thing for, you know, kind of celebrate girls golf in this area. What was cool is one of the things that was cool, I should say, um, is before they did do the celebration for the West High seniors and they had flowers and you know, the parents there. Um, but then they took a picture with the seniors from all four teams together and kind of awesome. celebrated them. Almost think like maybe next year, if you do it again, have like a, it could be a senior day for all of those schools. I yeah. mean, it's Iowa City. All of those, you know, the, the players' parents all live in the area. I think it'd be kind of cool to do a combined senior day with all four teams. Yeah. I mean, again, just I, when I think of stuff like this, I just think of, you know, celebrate the sport. Obviously, the kids that compete, but but make it a showcase. Like you, you say showcase a chance for as many parents. This is a great opportunity. You know, it's not out of town. It's hard, and you know when you play the the conference. You know, the, the RVC Regina and West Branch play duels. Um, the MVC and the WAMAC do a lot of triangulars, but the MVC, you know, those triangulars are usually at three or four. Yeah. You know, if they're out of town, and most of them are, you know, you maybe get a handful of those home conference dates. Those are tough to get to, so. Yeah, it's something right here in town. You know, it's during the day, but hopefully some parents can can sneak away and be at that. Or you could even do something at the end of it too. You know, Rob, if you're going to finish up at you know close to five o'clock, and I don't, I I just I see it as something that could grow into something that we're talking about every year. That's that's pretty cool, and and, and you know more importantly, you know, just means something to those kids that they look forward to to because they enjoy it, and then also looking forward looking forward to compete for something different, you know, rather than just, Hey, we were first at this, you know, how you, you add the little traveling trophy, you know, cause you see those in the schools and, and those mean something to kids, you know, and that's, that's cool. So yeah, I, I like it a lot and they had a good day to compete other than the wind. Um, and there was some pretty, some pretty, pretty good scores from that too. When you consider that it was not probably the best day to score on a golf course. True. Um, I noticed they shot better once I left. I, and I kind of announced that I was leaving after the sixth hole. I was like, all right, thank you guys. I'm going to stop distracting you by taking photos every time you, you, you uh, attempt a, a shot. So uh, I laughed, but I'm sure I wouldn't play well if you were taking pictures of me either. No, I thought about I, it too. It's probably a little unnerving, especially when, especially when you're not used to it. You have some clown out there with his hair blown all over the place, shooting a bunch of shots, following you on the course. They're probably like, God this guy out of here if it was you it wouldn't bother me if it was somebody else if i was like oh it's just rob it's just rob right let's flip over to drake relays uh they happened last thursday uh a day after we re recorded our last pod and we talked we previewed those a little bit and uh really uh, from the area for us at least the story of the meet was uh uh a kid we both have have followed since she was a freshman um both for your prep sports and I've done some some work on her for milesplit.com and uh she kind of burst on the scene as a freshman and became a household name in distance running and uh it was nice to see Ashlyn Keeney from Liberty High uh kind of lay it all out there and grab that 1500 trial on the blue or uh, race on the blue oval yeah so Rob and I talked about this last week we we weren't there 
Um, and I had talked to some coaches, you know, they understood the situation. Obviously there was limitations for everything. And, you know, it seems to have gone off well, Rob, as I talked to, to coaches and everything, which is, that's the number one thing. We don't have to have that conversation again, but kids got to go compete and have the experience. But so that day I had talked to some coaches ahead of time, explained to them, you know, the situation I was in. And as always, our, our area coaches were fantastic. Uh, they understood, you know, inevitably the response from our coaches was, Hey man, let me know whatever you need. You know what I mean? Like we'll do whatever we can. So um, reached out to Ashland and didn't hear anything and then get it's, it's, I don't know, maybe an hour later and get a response from her. And she's like, Hey, like I, I stayed to watch the the distance carnival at night. Like, so like just the nicest kid, you know what I mean? And you know that Rob, like you've interviewed her, like you said, for, for mile split and stuff and just a great kid. And so when you, when you see you look at her career already, Rob. She's one of those kids that it's going to be. It seems like she's in high school forever, right? <laughs> even with even with the missed season, because she had so much success so early on in both track and cross country. But you know, this race I think meant a lot to her. You know, you missed last year, um, and, and you know had some had some tough breaks in cross country season you know the last few years when she's she missed a whole season to, of her career opportunity to race missed the drake relays missed state um but yeah she was really pleased with the way she ran and, and i had a great interview with her such a such a good kid but yeah to get she's basically two for two um in the distance races there she got eight second to 800 at drake as a as a freshman won the 3000 didn't run the 15 that year ran the 15 this year and won it as rob said and then didn't run the didn't run the 3000. So um, just continues. One of those kids, Rob, that in the big moments, you know, in those big races, you kind of know that you're going to get a really good performance. I mean, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen, but one of those kids that seems to kind of rise to the occasion, um, really enjoys the opportunity to compete with other kids. And, and mentioned to me just that she had a different vibe this year, was so nervous as a freshman, which you, know, you never would have known. Yeah. What did she run? Like nine 930 something I mean it was the fourth fastest time in the in state history I think at the time but just really enjoyed herself this year you know said she really enjoyed talking to all the girls before the race was much more relaxed and just you know had a good time and, and you know said this win meant a little bit more to her than even that first one so incredible and really good time for her too I think she was two or three seconds off her um career best time of her career which was as a freshman i think 432 or something and i think she was off that by very much so um you know big things you expect big things from her um in the next month rob as we keep going forward but an incredible athlete and a really great kid on top of it or, or more importantly too so yeah i was happy to see her success on last thursday I also anchored the four by 18 that finished seventh ryan with uh cammy and corey mack and Haley Noel. Um, so that was a nice uh, performance by them there. Another kid uh, who we've known for a while now who seems like, is she still in high school and she's only a junior? Is Emma Bach gets third in the 800 for Solon. And she's, an, she's another kid that I'm like, right. God, is she like 28? Well, it's the, I feel like it's the, the running kids because it's like you see them in the fall. Right. You know that I mean? probably like, has and, something to do with it as well. I know, Rob. Um, and these are, uh, these are great kids too, that I, you know, all, so many of the kids we cover are great kids, but, um, I know Rob has joked to me before that, um, Kirsten Conway, another talented runner from Solon has been, <laughs> been in high school for like eight years, but it's like the kids that, that you see, we see them in the fall, right? At cross country. And then we see them in the spring too, where it's like, you don't with, with football players or, or even volleyball players, sometimes Rob, you feel like you're up in the state you're not right down there right you, in football players you don't see without their helmet on or whatever right. so some of those guys i can't i can't even pick out um you know during track season or basketball season it takes me a little bit to figure out who they are but um no solon had a really good day i i mean emma bach and, and kaya Holtkamp are both really good in the open that was the open 800 and then they kind of do what they do rob which is they had a bunch of good relays. A bunch of those were in the 10 to 15 range, I think. Um, you know, had a good had a good run from their four by four team, which is which is a really talented team um, with both of those two, with Holt Camp and Bach and 
um, Ashley Steinacher and, and McKinley Levine. And so they have, a, they just have a bunch of good relay teams that all, I think were right around, um, you know, the top 10 uh, at Drake. And then, um, excuse me, Clear Creek Amanda had a great run, great run in the shuttle hurdle relay. I think we they got talked fourth about run. that last week. We, how they yes, could be, we did. They can be sneaky good in this event. Absolutely. I mean, that's a state championship caliber. Yeah. I mean, they're the fastest 3A team there, but they just keep getting better. And that, man, that, that race is tough because there's a lot of, Yep. A lot of potential pitfalls, you know, so you don't get too far ahead of yourself. But um, they ran a real they they ran a race after Drake at one of these meets that I typed up results for, and they ran a really good time there. They are just really consistently good, um, one through four in every race. That it's they haven't thrown out a bad time in the shuttle hurdle all year, which is really hard to do. You know, just you have somebody you know catch a couple hurdles and not even fall, but just slow down and. Their times have really gotten consistent. Consistent to finish fourth place at Drake um, was really impressive for them. Um, that stood out to me. And then the Clear Creek boys, I had a chance to talk to Ben Robeson. They had a great day too. They were third in the distance medley. Um, right, had a great time in that school record time in that. Uh, Harrison Rosenberg ran in the hurdles. Um, they just had they had a bunch of good stuff, Rob. I mean, they're I know. Coach Robeson told me that's the best they've competed down there since, since he's been here. Um, so they were really happy. And, and City High had a really – City High boys had a really good day too. Uh, they went a little bit different this year, talking to Coach Moore, loaded up their relays, um, you know, didn't do a lot of individual stuff. Isaac Rohr and some other guys had the, would have had the opportunity to qualify or, or compete, you know, in, in some open events. They loaded up their relays. Uh, they got Ben Keeter back before he went and wrestled for the weekend. Um, they were runner-up in that medley and had a good time. That was kind of the first time they'd run that with uh, Rorit and Jovan Harris and, and Keeter on the front three and had a really good time in that. And It's like you can kind of see – you don't always know. It's, it's different at Drake. Uh, everybody follows a different strategy, but you can kind of see with some of these teams, the City High boys, the Solon girls – maybe getting a little bit of a shape of what you think they're going to do um, in two weeks at districts, you know, when it, when it really kind of quote unquote matters. Uh, it's always interesting to see what they do at the conference meet because that's kind of the first one that a lot of these teams really, I mean, I know Brett Sands at Solon. I know Mike Moritz. See, I, those guys really want to win that meet, but you don't want to empty the chamber, so to speak, as far as exactly what you're going to do, maybe lineup wise. Um, that meet, you're still talking about getting points. Next meet, you're talking about getting kids to state. So, but you can kind of see it coming together. I kind of have an idea now, at least in my head, of what I think some of these teams might do, uh, lineup wise, postseason wise. And, you know, City High is going to have state tournament, or excuse me, state title contending events. You can kind of see that coming together. Solon certainly is. Uh, Clear Creek certainly is, boys and girls. Uh, the Regina Shuttle Hurdle is going to be right there. Um, Annie Gann, we talk about her a lot. She's really having a tremendous senior year around the hurdles. Ran a great time in the highs last night at Cedar Rapids Xavier. So really good athlete. And they have a nice shuttle hurdle team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, end of the year, you can kind of see it coming together a little bit. And we're going to have kids that are competing to for, for gold medals at, at State, Rob. And it's fun. It is kind of fun to see how you can see how the teams are going to try to shape it together because it it and, I talked to Brett Sands at Solon about that a couple weeks ago. He's like, I know I'm, I think I mentioned this on the pod too. He's like, man, it would be nice one of these years just to be able to, you know, have a couple kids in each event and have a couple relays that you know are going to put together and just go to each meet all year and basically run the same lineup. You know, it's like, instead of trying to, they have such depth, they do, they have so many kids between, you know, in the sprints and so many kids in the mid distance that they're just kind of trying to piece together and figure out what they can, what they can go win you know, can we go win these couple relays or go get second in these couple relays? And so it's, it's kind of a puzzle, but Drake is a piece of that. And I think you saw some teams after seeing what they could do there, try to decide. I mean, I think, you know, the, the Clear Creek Amanda um, medley relay is a good example. The medleys, you know, this Rob, you've covered enough track. You're never, everybody kind of builds it around. Hey, can we do a four by one? Can we do a four by four? You know, can we do maybe a four by two or a four by eight or what do we have? But the medleys kind of get left off to the side sometimes if you have a if you have a real a real hammer 
in the in the 800 or the 400 that you can put on the end of those two um because it you know especially that 1600 medley that the boys run at dre can kind of turn into an open eight if you've got a guy that can run you know sub two minutes he can make up a lot of time and so those kind of get put off to the side a little bit when you're clear creek commander and you go to the drake relays with the 16 fastest times in the state or whatever it is and get third it's pretty hard to come back and be like yeah you know, we're not going to put that team together again for districts and state, you know, we'll do other stuff. Cause you're thinking to yourself, I mean, you finished behind Ames and city high. I think you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, who's, we put this thing together at state. Who's going to keep us from getting a gold medal um, at the three, a meet. So you can kind of see Drake formulate some of those things and in city high the same way. I mean, I don't know what their plans are. That's three of their main or four of their main guys that are on that relay, Rob, but you gotta be kind of thinking to yourself, Hey, if we put this thing together at state, who's going to, who's going to beat us. So be interesting to see what, what everybody does, but a good drink relays for the your prep sports area. Um, I think, and we're forgetting kids. I'm sure. In, in I'd throw the city high girls four by four out there. Yeah. Um, look like there's third. some potential third or fourth. I think there's some potential yeah. there because I watched that, them at, at uh, four wall and I was like, that's ah, team's got a chance. Yep, they have some of those kids that are um, 400, a lot like Solon's group, actually. 400, 800, what fits them best. You're not C.C. Kelly Harvey and Lily Reynolds, and they've got some kids in that range where, you know, where, where do you best use them? But right. City always has a good 4x4, four four. and that's one of those things. I thought the same thing at, at Four Wall. I'm like, all right, here, here they come. You're going to see this group get better and better and better, and they're going to be really tough to beat uh, in that event as the year goes on. Always a good – four by four it's city high which i mean a lot of places take pride in that event but they've got the athletes for it this year where it's like you could kind of see they were trying to figure out where they you know what the best event would be for them but yeah good pull rob um that was another team that had i don't want to say surprise me but i'm like all right exactly what i was talking about before now it's like okay now we're all now we're all in on on filling out our best our best lineup in this event because these are kids that can go win it and we'll talk a lot more track here as we come down the stretch because a lot of the kids that uh, performed at Drake will then get split up into classes for conference, district, uh, state. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that how they're able to, to build off of the experience at Drake as they navigate the rest of, of uh, the track season. Conference right. meets – Conference meets next Thursday, the 6th. Um, district meets the 13th, Rob. And we've got well, district meets in the West area. Is West High hosting one of the districts? West High's say? hosting. Solon's hosting. So okay. we'll, we'll have a lot going on that day. And then state track. Yeah, is the schedule out for that? For state track? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so people can check that out on the, yep. uh, the union and association sites and something else they can check out on the association site ryan is uh the football schedule oh, how did, have how been did I released do you like that transition segue whatever the hell you want to call it rob we this just tells you where i'm at right now in, in life and podcasting is we had talked about i told you twice i told you yesterday at soccer and then right when we hopped on you know we'll talk football schedules and when you were saying what else they could check out, I was like, where is he going with this? Rob's going to surprise me with something I'd already forgotten. So, no, yeah, uh, football schedule's out. Official schedule. Like, we already had a glimpse. We already kind of knew with districts, group. <laughs> Here we Here go we again go. With, the, with the terminology. <laughs> Groups for new 5A. Everybody why, can't they, why can't 5A just call it a district? Before we get into this, I'm not I'm not going into the woods today because I'm not prepared. I'm going to call stuff by the wrong thing. Rob's going to try to get me. He's going to mention substates, and then he's going to mention regionals and sectionals. He's going to try to get me all confused. But no, there's there's a new class this year. So there's five A. I'm sh- I don't even want to think about how many times I'm going to type or say four A this year, Rob. Talking about the largest class since that's always the way it's been since I've been. A little kid like i'm and then on top of that you have to call it a group instead of a district you know that's going to happen you know i'm going to cover you know 
the boot game and be like, you know, 4A, whatever. Like Class 4A, District 4. Right. But we had <laughs> to get back on track. We had a glimpse. We had districts. We had groups. But now we've got, you know, dates. We've got, you know, week one through nine. We've got the non-group, the non-district opponents. So um, you can start planning. If you've got a parent or if you're the parent of a kid that's playing varsity football this fall, you can you can figure out when you need to load up the vehicle and where you're going. And you can send it out to all your you can send it out to all your relatives and tell them to get ready to buy photos at your prep sports. There you go. Yes. Like you like that route. No, but there's some interesting stuff. We've got a story. Uh, I just kind of look at a couple things I thought were interesting or a couple key dates. I kind of did it all together, but um Help me out a little bit here, Rob, but City High opens with Liber- opens at Liberty as they have the past several seasons. I won't, yes. go way d- I won't go way down it, Rob, but I'm really starting to love that rivalry. And as we've talked about it, because it's been incredible games. I mean, ever since the first year when Liberty played their very first varsity football game, they were way down in that game. They came back. Then City High came back. Good games, good competitive games make good rivalries. And this game has been close. The last two years, it's been like literal, like final possession close. So um, both these teams with new coaches this year. So that'll be interesting. You know, they play each other in an opener with, with brand new coaches. But City's got some, we, we kind of already knew the group. Um, or we knew the group with the Quad Cities flavor. They end with, you know, three out of four trips to the Quad Cities at Davenport North, at Pleasant Valley, Davenport West at home, and, and at Davenport Central. But they get West in week five um, at home. So the boot games at City High in week five. And the week before that, they get a visit from Dowling. So give some people on the eastern side of the state a chance to go watch Dowling if they want to and see how that stacks up. A team that um, City High coach Mitchell Moore is, I'm sure, a little bit more familiar with than I don't know how many times they actually played them, but they spent time at Moyne Roosevelt. So, and then West for. City High, Ryan. Sorry to interrupt. Just no, if, you go ahead. Look, if you look at those first two weeks, and I'm not – this isn't disparaging Liberty, but as you said, that's a, that's a toss-up game, or it has been a toss-up game. And then, I, and then they get Jefferson at home. I think it's an opportunity for City High, new quarterback, um, you know. New coach, new, new coach, quarterback. To, they're not like – it's not like Dowling out of the gates or, or the boot out of the gate. You know, they, right. they'll have a chance with those first two games – to maybe, you know, build a little bit early in right. the season. Go read my story, but not not you. I just mean, like, everybody go read Everybody go to your prep sports but, and read everything and buy photos and listen <laughs> to podcasts. But what I, what I wrote in there was, it's easy to look at the end, Rob, where you go um, Davenport North right. at, at Pleasant Valley, who's, a, you know, one of the teams that is going to be the, state, the preseason favorite to win the state title. I mean, I don't know that I'd put them there yet. But they were a semifinalist last year. You and you know we watched with the dome, and they bring a lot back. They were they were really young last year, so it's easy to look at those last three um, when you consider that Davenport North was three and four, Davenport West was zero and eight, Davenport Central was two and seven. Um, you know, sandwiched around that Pleasant Valley game, which will be really tough. But I'm with you. I really think the first five weeks are the key for them. You've got Liberty, you've got Cedar Rapids, Jefferson, and then you're at Ames. And they've done really well in that, you know, little cyclone, little, uh, little hawk, you know, whatever they call it, the little Cyhawk game. They've done really well in that. Um, and in fact, I think they've won it um, more times than they've lost it. So Ames is a team, you know, that they, they can win that game. So you give yourself an opportunity to start, you know, when you've won a couple, when you've won two games, you know, the past couple of years, you give yourself an opportunity to start, you know, again, I'm, Liberty's going to be good. So you're, you got to go win the games, but you have to give yourself an opportunity to start two and one, three and zero. Oh. I mean, those are all going to be games that you should be in the first three weeks. And, and yeah, you're like not you said, starting with Dowling and Pleasant Valley, right? And so you give yourself new, like you said, new quarterback, new coach, a lot of new things. I think that's really the key. It's easy to look ahead at those trips, you know, when you're in in group and they're doing it all by by RPI, et cetera, but yeah, get yourself off to a good start, um, and they give themselves the opportunity to do that. So I think their schedule sets up pretty well for them. Um, and then you look at West, Rob, and 
they're going to have some winnable games, certainly. West is, you know, again, last year, quarterfinals, six and one. They're, they're one of the premier teams on this side of the state. Um, but they've got a schedule like they're one of the premier teams they're on this side of the state. They're right? going to have to earn it this year. Yeah, I mean. And, Not that they yeah, haven't in the past, but this schedule is loaded. Knowing Garrett Hartwig and those guys, it, they just, they're used to it. But that's, it's kind of what happens when you are, you know, on the top of that hill. Now, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, they, they are just, you look at this side of the state, the eastern side of the state for the last, you know, we're going on close to a decade now. And, and probably that's before I came and they were really good before I came. But you think, you know, Cedar Rapids, Kennedy, West High, you know, Bettendorf, Pleasant Valley. And that's kind of where your mind, Cedar Falls, it's kind of where your mind goes year in and year out. Prairies, you know, Prairie's on the edge of that. And who do they get, Rob? Basically all those teams I just named. You start with Kennedy at Muscatine at Hempstead. Uh, Hempstead was really good last year. They lose a lot. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to get in deep with any of these other teams, but after the boot in week five, um, Davenport Central, then you close with Bettendorf at Cedar Rapids Prairie at Pleasant Valley. I mean, that's a, that's a gauntlet to close it. Um, because again, without getting in deep on a lot of these teams, Pleasant Valley should be very good. Cedar Rapids Prairie is, has become a really solid program where they're pretty dang good every year. And Bettendorf, I'm sure is Bettendorf. I mean, that's just kind of the way it, the way it rolls with those teams. And like I said, if you would have asked me, you know, a, a week after the season ended, you know, first week of December last year, or you would ask me before this season starts, or you would ask me after this season, we can fast forward to this December. And you would say, who will be the best teams in Eastern Iowa at the start of 2023 or 2024? I'm going to say West, you know, Cedar Falls, Bettendorf, Pleasant Valley, Cedar Rapids Prairie, you know, Cedar Rapids Kennedy. It's just kind of you go off of history. And you know, there's other teams that can get into that, certainly. I'm not saying that a city high or anybody else can't, can't climb into that, but that's kind of where you're at right now. And they got a schedule, like that's where they're at right now. So they're going to have to earn it, Rob. And, and fortunately, they have the opportunity to do that, right? I mean. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how see how that plays out. But they got almost all those teams that I just mentioned on this side of the state with Bettendorf, Prairie, Pleasant Valley, and Kennedy. Um, the good thing for them, I guess, is uh, this season, five home games, um, Kennedy, Davenport North, Davenport Central, uh, Bettendorf, and Pleasant Valley, both at home. So five home games. Um, and then, you know, these are – these. I should mention these are schedules for 20 – excuse me, 2021, 2022. So, you know, presumably flip them uh, yeah. for home and away the, the following season. Uh, going down to the second largest class now, Ryan, which is class 4A, previously the largest, you know, class in terms of terminology. Uh, the, and they, now we're going to districts, now that we're going uh, away from class 5A to 4A, uh, and we have uh, in District 4 of Class 4A, Clear Creek, Amana, and then in District, where's the, oh, there's Liberty. District 3 is Iowa City Liberty. So for our coverage area, Class 4A, the second largest class, we have two schools, Iowa City Liberty in District 3, Clear Creek, Amana in District 4. Yep. And they play each other, which I like. Um you know, in week four, I think that has a chance to be, they've, they've played before, you know, good games. Um, I think that has a chance to be really, to be a really fun rivalry too. Um, good games make it just like I said about city Liberty, but also it's those, you know, your parents work together, you go to church together, what, you know, I mean, those connections kind of like what, you know, for a long time, what city West was. I mean, you knew everybody on the other side and, and, you know, the way Tiffin and, in North Liberty are, I'm sure a lot of those people know one another, youth sports, et cetera, et cetera. So I like that. Um, and I like it from our standpoint too, you know, this as coverage, you know, we, we get to go watch that. Um, but Liberty opens city at Linmar, Western Dubuque, Clear Creek. So if you kind of look at it there, um, out, out of district games, um, and we already knew that they had a pretty formidable district with North Scott and Mount Pleasant in there who've been, uh, really solid. North Scott obviously has been one of the premier programs, you know, defending state champ 
one of the premier programs in 3A, pre previously 3A, right? So, and then you look at Clear Creek, Rob, and they have a stretch there that's going to kind of be a uh, new coach at Clear Creek, Matt Hattie taking over uh, for Gabe Baker. And you look at that stretch for them, the end of, the end of uh, non-district, I mean, their whole schedule, because Independence was a, was a 2A, um, they were, you know, they played Solon in the 2A playoffs last year. So they were a 2A playoff team. Um, Marion, we saw Marion beat, beat Clear Creek in the 3A playoffs last year at the end of the year. And uh, they've got a dynamic playmaker at quarterback that's back. He was just a sophomore last year. So really their whole schedule when you look at it, but that stretch from the end of non-district to weeks, week eight, you go Washington, who was you know eight and one last year, at Liberty, Oskaloosa, and then at Cedar Rapids, Washington, at Cedar Rapids, Xavier Pella. I mean, that's a for a non-5A schedule, Rob, that's a stretch. I mean, that is that's a that's a gauntlet. Um, you know, because Pella, Cedar Rapids Xavier, and Cedar Rapids Washington, you know, can play some football. I mean, you know, if we're doing this last year, Cedar Rapids Washington is a 4A team. Cedar Rapids Xavier has looked like a 4A team for a long yeah. time. They were a 4A team for a long time. They play like one. And then Pella. So that's a stretch. Um, you know, and, and like I mentioned, a bunch of those are district games too. So they've – Clear Creek, I think the program's in a great spot. Um, and, and, you know, Matt Hattie comes into a, to a good position, and I think he'll do a really, really good job. But this first year, I mean, that's a schedule. And then you're going to have to – like kind of like we said with West, you creep your way up and you earn that respect and then you know you kind of and then you know you got to prove it a little bit because you're going to get you're going to get tough opponents and they certainly are in that situation but i will be really interested to watch their schedule play out i think they're going to be really good um just knowing the athletes they have coming up in that school but i think they'll be in a lot of close games and they're going to have to win some of those dropping down to class 3a ryan um we have solon our lone team now in 3a uh, right, right out of the gate, a couple good. I don't, actually, right out of the gate, three, four. What, hosting West guy's... Liberty out Mount, at Mount Vernon, hosting Williamsburg at Assumption. This schedule is, again, I don't, Rob, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know what all these teams have back. God, on at paper, Washington, at Grinnell, this is brutal. On paper, this schedule's loaded. So five of the nine teams on their schedule – we're in the round of six because you say playoffs, but everybody made the playoffs last right. year, but made it to the round of 16. So in a normal year, five of their nine are playoff teams. Two, West Liberty and Grinnell were quarterfinalists. Um, seven, the teams on, the, on their schedule were 500 or better. Um, four teams won eight or more games. Williamsburg, Assumption, Washington, and Grinnell all had eight wins. And three of those – Assumption, Williamsburg, and Washington were eight and one. So Assumption, uh, the Assumption game's a Thursday nighter at Brady Street, just Solon fans if you're paying attention. But, yeah, that Assumption team last year, you know, they, I think they lost by a field goal to North Scott, who goes and wins it. So you look and you say, oh, they were in the first round of the playoffs. Somebody had to play North Scott in the first round, and they gave them as good a game as anybody. But, yeah, I mean, Rob, you just ran that thing down. I mean, it – this is tough. West Liberty's good and has played them. They, they have a dynamic playmaker that Rob's seen. It is going to be a handful. Um, help, I'm blank on his name. Josiah, Josiah Galvin. Yep. Thank you. I, it was coming to me right as you said that. Well, their non-district games are West Liberty, Mount Vernon, Williamsburg, and Assumption. Yeah. Two of those on the road. You go to Mount Vernon for that rivalry game. They've had their number, but it's, it's Mount Vernon. Um, Williamsburg beat so on last year, that's Williamsburg. You, you, you get a sense of what they're going to be. They had some good young pieces last year at Assumption. And then, um, you know, they have some of these other teams. I, I had the records in front of me. I think uh, West Burlington, Notre Dame maybe was 4-4, four and four, or like a Keokuk was 4-4. Four and four. One, I think maybe Fairfield was 1-7. and seven, But, I mean, basically you've got everybody on your roster was 500 or better last year. Grinnell, we saw Grinnell last year. Um, yep against Clear Creek. That's a really good team. Um, at Washington, obviously, they've had 
Solon has history with a lot of these teams too. West Liberty, Mount Vernon, Williamsburg, you know, Assumption, Washington. They've played a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams have played them really well. So this is going to be a – this is a nine-weeker, Rob. This is a nine-week schedule. You got to bring it every week. I mean, that, that was the first thing I thought of here is, could Solon beat all these teams? Yeah, probably. I mean, realistically, you know, you look at it, but this is going to be one of those ones where it's a nine-week. It's a nine-week thing. I mean, you're going to have to bring the lunch pail every week. You show up one week and you turn it over or you, you don't execute. You're going to have games you can lose. I mean, you're not going to have games on – and you don't have that that much in a high school schedule, to be totally honest with you, where you look at it and you say, hey, if we're not – we can win this game being, you know, 70% of our best. I don't know how many games on there – and, again, I don't know a ton about all these teams with what they return. West Liberty, Williamsburg, Washington – assumption they play good enough football you have a good enough idea what they're going to be I don't think you're going to win a bunch of those games if you don't play you know you're not going to play your best every week but if you don't bring it and play close to your potential every week so man we have several teams that you look at it and you're like you know strap up the chin strap guys it's it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge dropping down to uh we don't do not have a class 2a team this year um don't let that throw you off it's just five <laughs> five classes uh that makes sense in class 1a ryan district five uh pretty stacked district here with west branch and regina in it along with mediapolis wilton durant and louisa muscatine uh the west branch regina game this year will be at iowa city regina on october the 8th second to last week of the regular season. That's the big one for scheduling, obviously, for our area. But for both those teams, we saw Mediapolis last year against West Branch. Is the, run, the running back's back, right? The kid yeah, just, and we were both – he's quick. Yeah, he's, he's good. I mean, we were both – and we were both pretty impressed by their whole team. Yeah. Um, and I think they bring a decent amount back. So you circle that, and then Durant has a really dynamic – kid and Nolan DeLong that mm -hmm. I mean is he's tough and I mean you know they they got they've gotten better obviously around him but I mean he's in the one day level he's a game breaker type guy and so yeah I mean, <laughs> did you look at Durant's schedule at the end the last three weeks West Branch Media at West Branch Mediapolis Virginia wow hey thanks uh, and, and Sigourney was really good last year, too, and that's who they opened with. I mean, but no, the, the big thing for me on these is you look at the – on these three is you look at the non-districts. We knew, you know, Minneapolis and, and um, right. Regina and West Branch. But West Branch goes to Lisbon for its opener. I think that's kind of a cool – you know, that's kind of a cool game. I, I just yeah. look at these, especially for the small schools, the ones that, that interest me. And almost all of their non-district games interested me, which is – which is kind of rare because West Branch and Regina are very good and they always have been and they almost always have a non-district game where I'm like, oh, man, that's going to be, you know, that's not going to be, I'm just being honest. And they go to Lisbon, um, which, which I think is an interesting game. They get Waterloo Columbus at home, which I don't know enough, I don't know that much about, but is a new opponent. It's not one of these same teams they've seen a lot. I have never seen Waterloo Columbus play football in eight seasons of being back here. So, and then uh, at Mac Valley. So, that's, you know, pretty interesting non-district for, for West Branch. And then Regina goes Williamsburg, which they've seen a lot, but that's just two really good football teams. Um, West Liberty, which, again, conference team. And then at Mid-Prairie, you know, again, uh, RVC South and, and good teams. And so Regina has three teams from, you know, from higher classes, which is nothing. You know, no, as of now, no 5A teams or 4A teams, which they've done a lot in the past, but three really solid programs from bigger classes for their non-district games, which you kind of are used or kind of come to expect with them. But, um, you know, at West Liberty and at Mid Prairie for them and in Williamsburg at home, that's three, that's a really solid non-district Rob. Mm -hmm. all, all three games that, you know, that are interesting too, that are exciting. So I really like both of those non-districts just from a purely entertainment intrigue standpoint. And then their, in their district will be very good as well. Like you said, uh, West Branch, Regina at Regina week eight. So it looks like, it looks keep like an they eye only, on the Mediapolis game for both of those teams too. Ryan, why do they only have eight games listed for these teams? They are, 
I believe that that's the extra round of playoffs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, for 32 for the, for the smaller classes. Okay. So they'll have so, eight regular season games. And then uh, does every, do they all make the playoffs? Did they all get nine games? That's interesting. Um. No, it's, it, they, they have, sorry. Um, there's six, there's eight, 16 districts. So 48 teams total. Yeah. They have the extra, uh, they have the extra round of playoffs. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying so to remember. I to hit you with that. It just kind of jumped out at me because I was looking, counted up this, the games and it, I know yeah, that's it. why. I had – I'm not just saying this. Like, I had all this down, and we wrote about it when they kind of changed how they were going to do it. And now I'm um, – now I'm trying to remember, like, just so I say it, say it correctly. But so 5A um, – this is terrible. I'm trying not to say 4A, which 5A, 4A, 3A is 16 teams. Um, and, and 5A is all – RPI, right? Okay. So, so they're doing the RPI, um, and then 4A and 3A is is the is the two districts, um, and then the little bit of RPI. So, two district, you're, you're six districts. Your runner up and your champion are in automatically, and then they're using the RPI to fill it out to get to 16, and then 2A and 1A, and I and I believe A too, but we don't have an A team this year, a class A team this year are 32 qualifiers. Um, so they play, you know, the five district games and the three non-district games, and then they have the extra round of extra round of playoffs before the three biggest classes start playoffs. Gotcha. So, um, so they they have thirty-two teams get in, um, and I I'm not positive of this because I I don't have this pulled up, but I think that they had kind of like last year. Um, I'll, I'll have to double check this. And actually, if people are listening, they probably know this, but I think those teams can add. Like, if you're not a playoff caller, I think you can add a game. Um, in that you can add a week nine game. Okay. You know, if I'm pretty sure that I read that um, as I was doing this a couple months ago and they all announced this. It's an um, interesting setup. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff when you're, when this comes out, I'm not making excuses, but I'm, but I am making excuses. It's like these things always come out when I'm like at the state basketball tournament or like trying to prepare for something like this. And you're trying to wrap your head around football while you're trying to like, preview the state wrestling tournament or something so <laughs> i always intend to go back and like really comb through them rob and then that rarely happens but um i had to think about that i'm i'm really i'm i feel really good about the knowledge that i dropped that it's rpi for 5a um it's the district champions and the runners up for the next two classes and then it goes down to 32 and that's why they have the eight regular season games um, they have an extra round of playoffs because you're talking about basically half the teams, not quite half the teams, but in those smaller classes, uh, you know, being playoff teams. So they basically just made, gave them an extra round of playoffs. So that's the schedules. Um, again, as a group, seven football teams. I think we have, I think our teams have really challenging schedules, Rob. That was the thing that stood out to me the most mm -hmm. is, you know, 5A to 1A. Team one, you know, West High to West Branch, whatever you want to say. I mean, tough schedules. I mean, I don't think there's anybody from our teams that you look at and you're just like, and, and we've had, and with how good our teams are in the past four or five years, Rob, there's been multiple years where I, this, I do this exercise and I look at it and I'm like, here's an eight and one, here's a seven and two. You know what I mean? Here's an eight and one. You, you just, you, and I still think we have, I think Solon's going to be really good. West Branch, Regina, West. I mean, I think we have really good football teams. Like I said, I'm high on Clear Creek. You know, Liberty and City, I just – they have new coaches. I'm not sure, but I think they're – I think they're both teams that have shown in, in the, you know, last few years that they have the ability to be really good. Um, they, you know, City High – City High returns a lot. They have a lot new, new quarterback, new coach. But, man, when you look at their roster and what they bring back, they return a ton. I think they can make a huge jump this year. You know, Liberty High played a lot of young kids last year. They had, they had a new quarterback last year. They had a lot of new guys after losing that, that huge class when they went seven and three two seasons ago. 
So I don't, I think we have good football teams, Rob, but I still look at their schedules and I'm like, man, you don't look at it and go, okay, you know, there's eight wins on this schedule. They're just, yeah. our teams have tough roads and knowing our coaches, they probably like it, but there's going to be a lot of good. The good thing for us, Rob, and even fans, we talked about this a lot as they examined what they wanted to do <coughs> with, you know, the conversation was around 5A football. How do we make it more competitive and things like that from top to bottom? My thing is just, you want, you want like opponents to play. Like, I look at the end of the year, we were at Clear Creek twice. We were at Clear Creek for Grinnell in, in their regular season. We were at Clear Creek for Marion in the playoffs. Clear Creek lost both those games, which for me and you and everybody at Clear Creek, you want to reverse that. But if you're a Clear Creek fan listening, I know it stinks when your team lose. How good were those games, though? I mean, those were, yeah. those were down-to-the-wire last possession high school football games. And you don't get that much of that. Or, and I think that was part of the, what people were trying to figure out is how do we get more of that, I should say. Those were fantastic games. I mean, those were – you had no idea. Like, I remember talking to you at halftime of both those games, Rob. You were uh, video doing video from the stand, and, and we're just, like, not positive what's going to happen, right? I mean, two fantastic games. I mean, if, if, if I go to 10 games at the end of next year through the playoffs, 11, 12 games, and you sign me up for eight, nine weeks of games like that, I mean, I would 100% take that. And I think there's going to be a lot. I think we're going to have a lot of really good options to figure out where we're going to go to this fall, Rob, that we can say, hey, these two or three games on this given Friday night are going to be really competitive. And that's that's fun. So I'm, I'm excited for some football. We're basically – it's the 28th today. I think it's August 27th that it kicks off. So we're almost exactly four months away. Gives Rob a chance to, to get ready, get his rain gear all ready to go. It's going to be eight consecutive weeks of thunderstorms, Rob. Yeah, let's not let's not go down that road. <laughs> no, it's, but yeah, I look I look forward to football. Um, always look forward to football. It's a fun time of year, and uh, we got a lot. We got four months to get there, Ryan, and we're going to have a lot more uh, coverage of other sports until we get to football. And uh, people can check all that stuff out on your prep sports. We will be back a week from today with another um, Seven Nation podcast. Uh, we'll have uh, talk probably a little bit about city and city and West tennis. Uh, that's tomorrow. We'll be out there at the Hawkeye Recreation and Tennis Center tomorrow, and plenty of other things on the docket at yourprepsports.com. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you folks next week. Say goodbye, Ryan. Bye, everybody.